Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Episode 19 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Tyler from TC Screen Printing in Arkansas. Let's go! Oh, how are you? We're doing well. Doing well, thank you. How's your Sunday? I'm I'm printing on a Sunday, so that's the way that goes. I see that a a lot right now. Um, Sounds like a lot of people are doing that. We're pretty busy too. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, honestly, it's all we can do to just keep up right now. And, uh, our team's crushing it, but <laughs> I don't want to do this forever like, like this. Yeah. I mean, I think that it, that's, that's a tough spot because you bring, I don't know who's printing on the Sunday. If it's your, if it's your normal printers and everything, or if it's just you or your family or whatever. <laughs> Today it's me. <laughs> well, I think that's probably best because if you don't like, I've, I've had that before where we just come in and everybody's getting overtime and then you come yeah. back on Monday and nobody is really refreshed and it's no. kind of, slows you down so yeah i can i can refresh a little more easily i think sometimes than than my crew so that's the way that goes for us yeah well you don't really you don't really have a choice though that's the thing no right now that's that's just the way it is and it's it's yeah. hard to hard to uh, realize that when the schedule gets super slammed but uh yeah so yesterday i printed and today i'm printing i mean i'm not moving fast i'm just getting a couple small things done and kind of trying to clear out some of the cobwebs that's that's what i'm doing today yeah i know you got some new equipment recently and it looks like you're inside one of those crates like i tried that too <laughs> to build a little yeah. crate office and that's what you did i guess you're inside the crate didn't you, did, didn't you throw i saw i saw at one point didn't you throw up a hammock inside of it and like <laughs> make it into like a whole little like yeah little we had a cabana uh, yeah yeah like a, <laughs> what's funny is you know, one of my teams saw that on your on your Instagram. They were like, "We should do this." And I'm like, "Where, <laughs> where are we going to yeah. put it? Like, it's, that's not going to work." But no, this is uh, this is the efforts of we're in the middle of. Uh, I mean, we're just trying to grab an inch wherever we can in our shop. So we took all our warehousing and moved it off site a couple weeks ago, and then basically just did a big office shuffle, moved the kitchen to a different part of the building probably quadrupled the size of shipping and receiving. We just, we were getting pallets of goods in and we had nowhere to put them. So I had yeah. to make a, a spot for that. And now that spot's full because that's the way that goes. So the warehousing, exact same uh, problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The warehousing you're doing offsite, how far offsite is it? And, <clears throat> uh, I mean, it's walking distance, maybe, I don't know, 400 yards. It's, it's oh, not okay. that far. It's, it's down the street. I mean, they still hop in the van to go down there. Cause usually they take a pick ticket down there. They pull everything for all of our like e-com and like uh, corporate ordering and stuff. And then they take it, they, they bring it all back at once. So yeah, we, we try to keep the warehouse trips to one or two a day just cause that can take up a bunch of time. <laughs> is that building that you're in yours or are you renting it? Uh, it is ours. Um, we're in about, gosh, I think just under 7,000 square feet here. Uh, and it was an old, uh, like a 1940s IGA grocery store. So when we bought it, it still had the uh, meat locker or everybody called it the hurt locker. It still had that in here and it still had like the, uh, those crazy like meat hooks, like hanging all inside of it. And it was, it, it got torn out. It got torn out. We just couldn't keep it. We, at you one took point, it, you we took it about, home. No, uh, well, uh, the, the, build, the building next to us is a brewery and they were like, Oh, can we repurpose parts? So like the actual big door in their brewery, uh, from their tap room to their, to their cooler 
is this old like 1940s like door now it's pretty cool so it's it got repurposed which is nice but the meat hooks are are gone so i haven't heard iga the name iga in such a long time almost as long as what just reminded me of safeway too oh yeah is it still around iga i mean are there any iga i mean still exists to some degree i know safeway exists like a lot of the smaller colorado towns have safeways because i was just out there and there was one in every town we were in um but yeah the iga is is definitely an old school this was I believe Hal Millsap. What a great old name, Hal Millsap IGA. So it was, it was oh, fun. Wow. Yeah, that building looks awesome. From what I've seen, just pictures online, it looks. Thanks, I like ben. the I like the brick and the ceiling. I mean, you have really good lighting in there too. It looks. Yeah, cool. we. Um, I mean, uh, that was super important to us. In our old place, we had a lot of good lighting. My dad is actually an interior lighting designer, and so he has harped on me for. Mm well, most of my life about how important lighting is. And it's the thing, it's the thing that a lot of places uh, don't think about. It's that extra tick in your brain when you go into a retail store and everything looks just right. You just think you like the stuff, but there's a lot about it that, that adds to it. Um, right. So we have a very specific temperature of lighting up in our showroom and offices. Uh, we have multiple temperatures of lighting in our office area so that we can uh, check colors appropriately. So we have like a yeah. natural lighting window. We have like a, I forget what the Kelvin is of the, of the fluorescence, but then we have 2,700 K uh, light bulbs and you can really, we, we utilize that for color checking and it it works pretty well. That's something I was going to bring up. And we had to do that at some point too, is we had different lights in the office than we did out in the shop and the the shirts always look different. Yeah. So it was always like, it was like, what computer do you check it at versus, or what room do you check it in? So that was something that like shops should really think about is like, your lighting should match all across the board so that everything looks the same for everybody who's checking it out. We found these really great boxes made by Pantone um, and they're painted with this very specific color of gray, but they're like four grand for these things. So we actually, we have a buddy who is a cabinet maker who we found this paint, this very specific flat gray paint online and you can build your own box. So he's uh, building one us a, a couple of them right now for a production area and for our offices with like four different temperature color bulbs in the top to where we can throw the Pantone book underneath and the shirt. That's awesome. Check it out, but it's going to be like $300 instead of (laughs) 3000. Yeah. So is it like, is it like a decent size box or is it just something that you just slide the shirt into? (sighs) The ones you can buy from, uh, I forget who makes them that are Pantone certified are pretty small. We're making ours custom larger to where we can fit like a whole garment in it. Cause some of our prints, you know, are 16, 17 inches long. So we want to make sure we can, fit all those in. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. It'll be pretty, I'll put pictures up when we, when we, when we get it in. Yeah, for sure. What was it that you got the other day? Equipment wise, are you not sharing yet? <sighs> oh no. Yeah. Oh, the big, the giant box. Yeah. <laughs> the giant box that was supposed to come on a lift gate. That's the way that goes. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, that was funny. Uh, we bought a new wide format printer, uh, so that we can add, we do a lot of, uh, I, I call it heat seal printing. So color, full color printed vinyl. Um, so do a lot of athletic teams, left chest emblem wear, um, that kind of thing. Uh, so we do a lot of that and we have a BN 20 by Roland, which is a little 20 inch desktop setup. And I mean, it works, but it was starting to get, I mean, we were printing for a week straight to get enough work for two days. Uh, so it was starting to get pretty cumbersome. We've thought about adding banners to what we do for a while. We don't, we don't want to be a sign shop. I'm not after that at all. Um, but it's an easy ad for a lot of our customers. So we're going to be, uh, offering banner work, basic banner work, uh, but guess really maybe, utilizing it for, 
Couldn't you use it for stickers too? I mean, I don't know if it, uh, can, if it cuts or, or and also, but I mean. Yeah, we got a, we got the new Roland VG2540. So you can do like full cuts on it. Um, I think you can set the cut depth. The one thing I don't like is I don't like doing stickers where you, where it's die cut, but you still have the square around it. I don't like the way that looks from a presentation standpoint, but I think you can set this one deep enough to where you can pop them out. Um, so for short run stuff, uh, for anything over 500, or 250 we have online partners that we utilize for that and it's just not worth it for us that's what i was going to ask is i've looked into it before and i actually bought some used stuff from a guy uh years ago now i ended up only keeping the cutter um because again we use that for vinyl for numbers and names and all that kind of stuff but like doing the actual math and the time of like do you do you buy you know like you said a roland that will make banners or do you just have like a you know, like a wholesaler, like signs three, six, five or something like that, where it's like, you yeah. literally order a banner for like $12 yep. and like they ship it to you the next fucking day. And like, yeah. you don't have to do anything. Like you don't have to do maintenance on your machine. You don't have to own the machine. You don't have to have yep. employees. And it's just like, that's the route I ended up going. was just like, I don't get enough of that work though. Like I get people yeah. once in a while like, Hey, do you make banners? Whatever. And I'm usually just like, yeah, I'll just like order you a banner. Yeah. But it's like, again, it's like for 10 bucks, you get it the next day. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've used like, uh Supreme color for quite a bit of stuff online. They've treated us really well and they're really fast. Uh, but yeah, for us, what I do when I, whenever we're going to order a piece of equipment, um, my biggest thing is I just keep tally marks. So I always keep a sheet somewhere over on my like, desk of like, like Hey, we often? had someone, we had someone ask for this. Okay, cool. Um, we told them we don't do it or we sent them somewhere else or we've ordered it. And if they really need it, if they're a, a customer that does a lot of other business with us, we'll just, we'll take care of it. Um, right. but yeah, I'll, I'll record for a good six months to a year. I mean, that's how we determined, that's how we decided to get into DTG printing. Um, that's how we decided to uh, honestly, finally got into a, a reclaim system for screens, um, was just like measuring those, measuring those things over time. Like we just, I love data. I think it's King. I think it rules everything for a lot of what we do. Uh, and yeah, gathering that data over time has been invaluable for us. So, I mean, I think in the last six months we tallied that we had banner requests, something like 150 times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just like, you know, T-ball teams or, I mean, man, if I would have had a, this printer at the beginning of COVID when everyone in town needed floor graphics printed up, I mean, we're not a sign company, but man, I, it got quiet enough. I would have, I would have printed hmm. floor, floor graphics and installed them for a month. Just the, you know, stand here six feet apart. Like, right. I feel like, I feel like the people who had those machines at that time did just fine. There were a ton of people ordering banner. I mean, we didn't do them, but there were a lot of banners I saw around town that were just saying like, we're open. Yeah. Just we're open. Signs. <laughs> just we're open. Yeah. And we're you still made, getting calls for that as things reopen. So yeah. you made me feel uh, pretty terrible. Cause I'm, I'm not a data guy. I want to, how do I become more of a data guy? <laughs> I'm absolutely horrible. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't really particularly like math, but, uh, I had this uh, teacher in high school who M- Mrs. Reba Seward, shout out to Reba Seward. Uh, <laughs> she, she had the most boring classroom ever. I mean, nothing. She, every teacher did all kinds of stuff all around the classroom and she just had one cork board in the back of her room and stapled up on it just in like whatever letters she could find was the phrase math was the phrase math rules the world. Hmm. And that's it. And she believed in it and she'd harp on it all the time. And I think she was right. And, and especially in our business for me, when I started tracking it, cause it took discipline 
for me to start tracking those things. Uh, and as I started tracking in, as we started pulling data and online metrics uh, for our e-com and all that, uh, man, it started making a difference in just like, I don't know, the effectiveness of when I would push a given button or pull a given lever uh, in business. It started making a big difference. I, I, I'm a believer now. So Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of that stuff, though, that like a lot of people that get into like screen printing and stuff are more like DIY stuff, people are from bands and they're just like, oh, all I need to do is learn how to make shirts and the rest I'll like figure it out later. I'll figure it out later. But then one of the things is like a lot of people always talk about, especially on like Facebook groups and stuff is like, how do I price this or what do I do for this? And it's like, dude, there's actual like a way to figure that out. It's like, you know, your payroll and your, your expenses and how long does it take you to do that? It's all just, you just need to like do the data and figure it out. And it's like, yeah, it's just one and of those things. There are certain things you should, you sh really should figure out to have a successful business is stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there too, that have already figured a lot of that out and just asking them for it. Um, what's his name? Greg Kitson from Minds Eye Graphics. Yeah. Uh, he talks at a lot of the stuff he has. I mean, we, built our pricing structure off of this, but he has a great, like how to build pricing, like Excel sheet that he'll send you for free and you can tweak yeah. it and change things you want. And man, that gosh, seven, eight years ago, and we got that from him that. Yeah. I think, I think Marshall so Atkinson has nice. one too. Yeah. 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 For sure. How did you get started in screen printing? Um, I got really tired of my job when I was living in Southern California. I was a junior high youth pastor for a long time and I got wore out and we'll just, we'll leave that part of that. Um, <laughs> and so in, uh, in college I had, uh, uh, in my degree, I didn't have enough credits to graduate. Um, my, for some reason they had built several degrees that didn't have enough classes for them. So you just had to fill it in with whatever, cause that makes sense. And, uh, all my buddies were graphic designers, uh, digital media majors, whatever it was called 20 years ago. And uh, I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just take classes with you so I can hang out with my friends. So I took just enough illustrator and Photoshop to be dangerous. And <laughs> then I worked part-time uh, my first couple years after college uh, for a screen print shop for I think an eight or nine month stint. Uh, and then the guy got really paranoid that I was going to take over his business. It got real weird, real fast. <laughs> and so I, so he said, uh, don't come in anymore. Give me my key. And I was like, Oh, cool. No problem. Sounds good, man. And then, uh, yeah, after seven years in student ministry, I got real tired, real worn out. And so I started buying up equipment when I lived in Southern California from shops that were closing or going out of business. I, I bought, I went to this one guy's garage and bought, he had all kinds of, I didn't even know what it all was. I didn't know what I needed. I just knew I'd watched some videos on YouTube and I could probably figure out the rest from there. Who'd you and watch? So I bought, uh, got a pause. Uh, at the Who'd time. You? Yeah. Oh man, uh, you guys just had him on. Uh, the cat guy spit. from uh, oh yeah, so <laughs> much cat spit. Uh, well, and he <laughs> he he reps a lot of Renar products, uh, and they were thirty minutes from us in El Segundo, California. And man, I, I always describe their equipment. I, I don't think it's the most amazing stuff out there, but man, it's the Jeep of the screen printing industry. That stuff. If it gets bent out of shape, you can bend it back. The parts in it are all available on Granger.com. Um, hmm. I used Renar stuff for years because it's what I could afford. And, you know, I had like the cheap dryer I bought from someone go out in my garage. I called. They had one ready for me that afternoon. They were just super helpful back in the day. So, so shout you, out to the Renar guys. So that's where you start. You started out of your garage? 
Started in a Southern California one car garage, which one car. Oh my God. You can't fit a car in a one car garage in Southern California. (laughs) Uh, And then my, my landlord didn't like that. Uh, And turns out his nephew lived next door to us and didn't like the noise, even though it was a manual shop. So I'm not sure what noise we were making, but he didn't like it. So uh, it was probably just you swearing. (laughs) <laughs> probably me probably be like burn burn why would you burn i just learning to burn a screen was the, the worst the worst part yeah it was probably the cursing that's that's probably true um, and then and then i i somehow convinced this guy that owned a building down the street in costa mesa california it was an it was the spray like the, the body the spray booth on an old body shop uh and it had no air conditioning no heat the ground sloped from front to back and left to right. So like everything in our shop had to be propped up with two by fours to level it. And at the end of a long print run, your left leg would hurt real bad because you were standing on an incline. <laughs> and that was, we did that for, for a year before we moved into like our first legitimate, like warehouse space of 1200 square feet. And yeah. And then we just kind of kept going from there. How many people did you have when you moved from the garage to the other place? Was it just you and one or two? It was just, it was just me. Um, and I, we got it to the point we knew we couldn't stay in that spot forever. It was embarrassing to have clients come to, I was like, don't worry, I'll meet you at Starbucks. Like there was a lot of that happening. And so, uh, I, uh, as soon as we moved over there, we were making just enough money every month. I was working full time for Apple, uh, while I was getting my shop going. So I would work for, for Apple from like 6am to noon and then I would go home for a little bit, relax, and then go to my shop and run it from one to seven. I did that every day for a year. Were you a genius? Um, by, by, by myself. I was not a genius. We had a lot of those. I, mm. I taught, you know, when you buy grandma an iPod or an iPad for Christmas, cause you think it's a great idea. I, I was the one that taught grandma how to use it. So I led a lot of their educational programs in our store and helped train cool. new employees. And it was fun. It was, it was a, I have an amazing job. The company is fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. So did you use your, like, uh, your, you know, your data and your metrics and stuff for when you decided to get a new shop over and over or were you just leaping? Uh, early on, it was a lot of leaps. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just like, I think, I mean, we're making this much right now. So now we know we can definitely move and afford the rent. So we can afford the rent and the utilities and we were making enough, like consistently enough. I mean, I guess there was some data and metrics at the time, three to four months at a time, like, but, uh, nothing like what we track now, uh, that sure. first, but yeah, um, it was, it was lots of jumping. That first spot you moved to when you left the garage was, did it have exposure? Mm-hmm. Like, so like where you could put a sign up and stuff like that, or was it just, Oh no, no. It was like down a dank alley and kind of like around a corner. Like you didn't, I didn't, I had customer come there one time and they were afraid. And so they, I never had customers come there. It's always good when you, their first descriptive word is dank. Yeah, (laughs) it was, it was, it was, it was bad, man. I don't know how else to describe it. It was, it was uh, not, not a good spot. The guys were, everybody in that worked there was super nice, but you know, I'm pretty sure there was, there was a chop shop back there and some other stuff that, you know. It got you more space though, I guess. Like you went from this one car garage to how much space was it? Probably a car and a half. Uh, (laughs) Got us a little, got us a little more space. 1.5, you 1.5 times. That's good. 1.5 X. Yeah. It was, uh, (laughs) yeah, there was no plumbing. I I paid a buddy who was an electrician 400 bucks to come drop in the power we needed. Uh, And it was just enough to like plug in a computer and a film printer 
and then an exposure unit. It was very, I mean, it was low, low, low tech. I mean, one jump above a hobbyist at that. What was your, what was the name of your, of the company then? It was TC screen printing. We, we never really came up with anything else. Um, I'm, I'm jealous of people with really good business names because everybody's like, what's the TC stand for? I'm like, it's my name. Andy's jealous too. <laughs> well, I was thinking Andy's you could, it was maybe you could call it dank screen printing or something like that. Dank, because of well, where it was that, at, you know, it works out there. It wouldn't go over so well in Arkansas. So, uh, <laughs> here we keep a pretty, uh, clean, uh, exterior here. So how did you end up in Arkansas? I grew up here um, and we were shipping probably, uh, this is one of those like data things. We got to where we were shipping two to three, three dozen orders a month back to the Northwest Arkansas area, just cause I had grown up here. We knew people um, and we, uh, the main street organization from the town I grew up in gave this call and said, Hey, we need shirts. Also, would you consider opening up a location here? We've got some, they were doing this big downtown revitalization effort, uh, which you know a lot of small towns are still in the middle of. And they said, hey, we will help you get into a building if you'll open a shop here. Uh, so I said yes, without too much data, just going, well, we're shipping enough stuff back there. Maybe we can make some, maybe we can make some money and I'll give, it, give me an opportunity to go see my parents more often. And my wife's parents are, are close, are nearby as well. So yeah, for us, uh, we opened up a small shop here. Uh, a buddy that I had met in the early days of Instagram, uh, who I had hung out with one time, I called him and just thought he was a nice guy. And I was like, hey, I know you're delivering medical supplies uh, up in Wisconsin and you hate it. Do you want to move to Arkansas and run a screen print shop with me? And he said yes. And so we transported a couple pieces of equipment from California to Arkansas and then within about six months of that, we had an unsolicited offer to buy us out in California, which we promptly told them no. And then six months later, my wife said, I'd really like to move back to Arkansas. Family's there. We were, you know, we had had our first kid. Uh, and so I said, that's fine. We can do that. So I called up the guy who had made the offer and said, hey, if you want it, here's the price. Here's the terms. Here's what we can do. But you can't have the name. You can just have the client list, the equipment, the location. Uh, and he met me three days later in a Del Taco, I think it was in <laughs> Southern California, uh, handshake deal. And we were in, uh, we were in escrow like uh, a week later and, and then we came back here full time, um, hoping that it would, uh, grow hoping. So, so when you got there, you, you started over, like you said, you gave them your client list. So you started over and you, you couldn't use any of them, right? Yeah, yeah, could use any of them. Uh, worked really hard uh, to honor that commitment. You know, you're still getting phone calls. Clients who have your phone number will reach out to you and right. say, "Hey, this the right thing to do here is to work with work with this guy. Uh, he's a good guy. Guy I'd known for a long time." Um, and so I said, "Hey, work with them." Um, you know, there was no you can't sign non compete clauses and a lot of stuff in California. Population's so dense. Mm. It's like there were five screen printers within walk, walking distance of our shop out there. It's just there's so much of everything everywhere that a non-compete really wouldn't do much, uh, wouldn't really hold up in court either. So I said, yeah, I know I didn't sign a non-compete, but we're going to be honorable about this. Uh, so yeah, moved back to Arkansas and pretty much started over. Um, we had been open here for probably nine months by the time we moved back. And then we just said, let's, let's buckle down and see what happens here and, and go for it. And, and we're only, you know, there was, there's a lot of economic data that we pulled up here. Obviously data again, you know, Walmart home office is 
about 30 miles away from us. And so along with them comes every vendor who does business with them. And then every support structure vendor that does business with those vendors. And there's just, there's a lot of opportunity uh, to do really good business here. Uh, I just didn't realize how good it would be because it's, it's going pretty well now. So we're happy about it. And so eventually you ended up in the building you're in now, the, the IGA. Yeah, we, we, the first building. So I also run a little bit of a, a fix old buildings business. Uh, what's that called? Development company. So I also run that like kind of on the side. Uh, so we had, uh, the first building we were in was 2,500 square feet. It was an old, uh, an old theater in town. And so we rebuilt that building, moved in there and thought, this is going to be great. This is all we're going to need in this small town. This is perfect. We were wrong. And so then we bought this building and redid it and moved up here and thought the same thing. And the day we moved in, my creative director, I think you've met, you've talked to Kyle or met Kyle over Zoom a few times, Andy, yeah, right? right. Um, yeah. the, the, the first day when we moved in, we all sat down at our desk and he's like, you know, this is not, not going to work for very long. Like we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna outgrow this. And dang it, he was right. So now we're trying to figure that out. So it's a good problem. Yeah, why we actually had a conversation and talked to him was because of the eye image, actually. And uh, <laughs> now, I mean, I love the eye image. I know Dylan does too, um, and a lot of people do. But what I, the problem I have is the is the training, not not so much the install, because the install they come down, hook it up, and it's it, it'll run perfectly. But um, what won't run perfectly on, in most cases, and you experienced the same thing as we did, is uh, yeah. like, the, like the graphics room, how they send files to the iImage and, and how you then, there's like, it's almost two parts. How, how, do you, how do you make this art? How do you make this file right and ready for the iImage? And then the second part would be, how do I output it on the iImage? And so it was like, it was missing for, for us anyway. And uh, oh, yeah. I think you felt the same thing, same way. And so we, created... well, you, you told me, you told me the story that I was getting ready to tell you just for your experience. So we had almost identical experiences with it. Right. Um, and so we created this uh, PowerPoint or what was it? I think it was, it was something. I can't remember what it was. We created something. And then we had PowerPoint. I can't remember. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. You, I, I know I've told you this a dozen times, but man, you guys made all the difference in the world for us on that. And, now we use it flawlessly. I will that all that to say, we've got to learn a whole new bag of tricks on it in the next couple <laughs> of weeks. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you guys really helped us out. It's kind of the missing link there. Cause basically we got a great install with a knowledgeable install guy and he was able to troubleshoot a couple problems with the hardware. Um, but he didn't understand the software side of it. And unfortunately just didn't really know much about artwork. And we found ourselves with a very expensive piece of equipment that sat for, probably a month before we actually used it uh, just because we didn't know how. Yeah, well, I put a phone call in and uh, hopefully somebody on that team, uh, as far as the install team goes, there's like a part two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the, there's an install of the equipment and then there's the training on, on how to use the software. I think that's really important. It would really help out a lot of people for sure. Um, the, other, the other part of that, the other part of that too is, is that they don't tell you, like with the the black ink they're using, they don't tell you what emulsions it works best with. No, you know what I mean, like you need to figure that out. Like you have to test. You know, I remember we tested like ten different emulsions, and then also Ooh. too, like as you're testing the emulsion, you have to be like, uh, "What's the humidity in my dark room?" And what's you know, 
the temperature in my dark room and all that stuff. And it's like, once you finally find an emulsion that works with all those variables, it's like, okay, cool. Now this works. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like you're on your own to figure that part out. Yeah. To show, tell you how backwards we got it is that when we built our screen room, I built it and I was dehumidifying it. I was dumping AC in there thinking that, oh, we want low, like the lowest humidity possible. You can't have, if it was zero, it'd be great. Right. Well, that's not true. I didn't know that. And so the day we, uh, after our install screens weren't working, they weren't, the ink wouldn't, wasn't adhering to the emulsion. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I closed off, I tore the AC out of there and I dumped water all over the floor, uh, in that room just to try and boost the humidity, you know, as fast as possible, like with a mop. And then we were mopping every, we were mopping the room every like 35, 40 minutes <laughs> <laughs> just to let, get it. Cause I know. Cause like there should be like a giant sticker on the fucking box the crap, when it comes and it's just, a, we do. Yeah. <laughs> it should say, uh, humidity needs to be here. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. uh, we were chasing a lot of, a lot of things trying to figure out how to make it work exactly right. Qu- as quick as possible. And, um, we got there eventually. So, now we love it. I yeah. mean, we've made thousands and thousands of screens on it. And oh yeah, it's fantastic, it's so. everybody's favorite thing back there now. They love it. So now we're just figuring the rest out. So yeah. And and you just got a Unicode. We got a Unicode, and no one likes it yet. But that's how Why? it goes. Impossible. Just that just is a impossible. minute. Just a minute. So I don't know what it's like <laughs> for you guys. This is like between us guys here any and everybody else <laughs> and everyone, shh, no, like, any new thing we do here I, I i get this general like i don't know man i ugh. like we bought a folding and bagging line and literally i had people eight hours a day running flip folds for some of our larger contracts and i was like no no this will make your life better like i promise and they're like is it really that much faster does it really ah of course Three weeks later, uh, my fulfillment specialist comes to us and goes, you can pry this from my cold, dead hands. And I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, and the Unicode, uh, we're just like, try it. We're having to, we're having to get, get everybody worked into it. They're, they're just not quite there yet. They're like, I learned so and, and Dylan, I don't know about you, but from the very first screen number one. Yeah, we, we were like, we it was like glowing number one. when we got it in. Oh, yeah, for, I, Exactly. It was like, oh. I, ran, I ran it. They, they let it sit there for three, four weeks. And we were just so busy that I get it. We're busy. They don't, don't want to learn a new piece of equipment, but there's not a you lot hit the to green learn. Button. Yeah. You plug it in. The blue button, man, you got to hit is, is yours green. I think our button's blue. Um, I think anyways, maybe in the, uh, in the, in the screen room, it might be, but in real life, it's green. No, but yeah. So I ran some screens on the last week and I came out and I was like, Hey man, guys, I just did like two dozen screens in no time. And they were like, Oh, we don't know. There's a problem with some of these. And I was like, there's nothing these are great you're gonna love it and uh this next week is one of those times where i'm just gonna be like well we're using it full time now so everybody get used to it <laughs> yeah i, I mean they could be more consistent i don't know it's i've said funny. this before i've coded infinity screens by hand and and i thought it was good like uh oh, don't worry i got this i could code whatever and it would look fantastic right well yeah very first screen i coded with the unicode was perfection 100 times better yeah so yeah I, I don't know i don't know yeah. I think they're we'll, going to we'll, be we'll one of those there. things. Yeah. They're going to love it. Yeah, that, they, they will. And it's, man, it's been anything. We, uh, our tagger, we bought our tagging machine and they just, I don't know, man, is it fat? I'm like, this is, it's like a thousand an hour. Yes. It's faster than you. Like you and the machine will outwork you. 
And the thing about the Unicode is, is anybody can do it, you know, not just whoever yep. you train and not just you and anybody could do it. And it's, and it will be the same, you know, so you yep. could code screens tomorrow morning and then somebody else on Tuesday and somebody else on Wednesday and you'll have, they'll all be the same. And, yep. and that's when you're putting them on the eye image and when you're exposing them at certain times, when you're putting them in the eco rinse or whatever, you're rinsing them. Consistency is, that's where it's at. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, one thing we're having to kind of retrain because we've hired, I told you, Andy, a few weeks ago, we had that we've hired six people in the last month, I think total. And so there's a lot of new people floating around back there and they're all doing a great job. They all work super hard. They're amazing. Um, but you know, some of the things we're having to get back to the basics to be like, Hey, a, a clean screen is where this starts. So like they have to be actually clean, not just pretty darn clean because we had some screens that we coded with the Unicode and they were like, well, there's all this stuff in it. And I was like, the Unicode didn't do that. That's because the first part of the process wasn't right. Just kind of reordering all of those important steps with the entire crew. I mean, I, I know I've seen you guys do it where you pull out the whiteboard and you kind of recenter your whole production operation. Um, we're finding ourselves having to do that again, which is, I thought we had it right, but now we get to do it again. Yeah, that's something like I've told, we hired a new screen guy a little while ago and pretty much I had to tell him like, hey, like, I know this seems like kind of like the bottom job, but it's not. It's actually a really important job because like if you don't do all your steps right, you're screwing everybody else in the shop up. Like on press, you have to reburn. They have to wait all stuff. Like you need to make sure that each one of these steps is good. And that's the reason why we got, you know, the, the eye image and the Unicode and all that stuff too, is it takes out a lot of the human error. Mm-hmm. You know, the only other thing is cleaning screens, but it's still, it's like, you know, just, you're trying to make it easier and faster for everybody else. Is that the reverse psychology yeah. method, Dylan, where you say, I know the screen wash reclaim right here seems like the worst job in the shop, but it's actually the best <laughs> job in the shop. Yeah. You got it wrong. Like right. this really you got is, it all wrong. Like all these guys are going to be here one day. <laughs> They're working towards this. Right. Like, Gosh. <laughs> I saw you and I knew I had to put you in front of the line. <laughs> <laughs> it's, how I do it. it's horrible that's that works it works but no i mean yeah convincing people that it is one of the if not the most important part of the process is is everything i mean it really is and yeah. i i get it you know it's like okay i know this is hard to imagine with ink in your face and crap all over your clothes but this really makes a huge difference now what what made the difference for us was buying and i know andy you guys just got set up with a Eco rinse? No, what's it called? Eco text. Yeah, we just yep. got. Uh, we didn't have the space for it in our current building, so we went with uh, Lotus Holland. And okay, man, that's going to be made. good. Okay, this is, it, this we is like perfect. It. This is perfect. We good. like. We like it. Uh, but uh, I, I know that I, I want an Eco text. That was our first choice, um, but there was just no way to fit in the damn building. It just. It just wasn't going to happen. And I hear that so often. So like the. I think the thing that's going against the the Eco text. The main it's, argument, anyway, is, is that it's size. a freight train. It's big. Yeah. But and why? You have, to have like four feet on either side, and like all that. Yeah. Well, how does it? How does the Lotus Holland? How is it so so much smaller? Like, why does it work? How do they get it to work engineer wise? Like, I mean, it's definitely a a bit of a one trick pony. We have several of those in our shops. Um, It, I would say it is not as precise as the Ecotex. I mean, the Ecotex, you can tell it to uh, send a certain amount of chemical every certain number of minutes. Well, this is just like, oh, it applies chemical at this rate consistently always. Right, Um, like it's one continuous loop. It's not like it stops. 
Oh, so there's no, yeah, so, there aren't um, chambers that you can say, hey, drip this long or spray no. this long. There's no mm-hmm. timing to it. Or, or now, there, like there, are, there are chambers to prevent cross-contamination with your like various chemistries and stuff. And that works pretty well. Um, when it's coming out of the end, we're still taking it to a rinse booth. And if it needs de- an extra set of dehazing, we'll do a quick dehaze and rinse it down. Uh, but the biggest thing for us is like it got... 90% of the chemicals we were using out of our people's faces and mm-hmm. off their bodies. Um, cause you know, pink stuff dehazer is just, you know, you can, you can pick that stuff up. It doesn't hurt your, it doesn't hurt your hands or your body. Um, is so, that something well, that when it finishes something that some chemical that, that is wrong or out of, out of balance that in within the Lotus Holland, because you would think after it comes out that it wouldn't need much, you know what I mean? Like what is, yeah, is, there, is there something I mean, not off? <laughs> All it's doing, you know, it has three chambers. It's got the, uh, the first chamber is the ink degradant. The second chamber is your uh, emulsion remover. And then the last chamber is a, is a, is a, uh, power washer. Okay. It's the same as Ecotex then. Exactly the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, but when it's coming out the other end, we're still finding that, uh, I mean, well, it's a little different too, because we run a lot of water base in our shop and water-based pigments just hold into a screen you you almost have like if you're doing a long like three and four thousand piece uh with like a navy magna medium solids water-based ink it almost dies the mesh it stains in such a way that yeah it stains mm-hmm. real bad and we find that a secondary dehazing um also the best friend in the shop for us on that is mr clean magic erasers someone tipped us off on that of all things uh <laughs> will help get some of those stubborn areas off uh so you have a finishing station you're saying that's like you just glazed over the magic eraser hold on oh sorry sorry (laughs) the mr clean magic we i i swear by it now because i walked into the back of our shop and i was like why is there a case of mr clean magic erasers here like an entire box right by the screen area and i was like well they're not using it to clean the ink off the walls because that's everywhere. And like, what are we doing? And uh, they're like, oh, we talked to our rep and said, hey, is there something we could do when we don't want, if we just have a little bit of something or something that's really stubborn? And she said, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, try it out. And it has, it, it makes a huge difference. In, just in for like little to, stains in the screen? Yeah. Or like, like I said, like we just did a several thousand piece in like black and dark Navy water base. And man, those things were, they looked permanently dyed. And even after a dehazing and, a, and, and that process, they were, they were still heavy. And you take this and just take it over the top on both sides and magic. It magic. really is a magic eraser. The guy may be bald, <laughs> but he knows his stuff. Right. <laughs> all right, you guys can keep talking now. I just <laughs> wanted to hear. I just wanted to hear yeah, about that. Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. I'm probably going to get calls tomorrow. Like, you should not advertise that. Uh, whatever. Yeah, who cares? We're all printers here. We're trying to help each other out. So, if anything, that's that's what we're we doing. Do what we want. We do what we want. Yeah. But, yeah, me and Andy have had this discussion many times uh because i was in the same boat like i don't have the space like our our cleaning area is like not big enough for an ecotex like in order for me to get one i have to tear out like an entire bathroom and like do some remodeling to like fit it in and even then i'm pretty sure like the length on the ecotex is like 24 and a half feet the distance i have from like my uh gauntlet to the outside wall is 25 feet so it's and literally going to be like, pack right it there. in. Yeah. Right. 
so that was kind of like my argument. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just get a two chamber then. And then it was the same thing where it was just like, really, it was just doing the same thing as a dip tank. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I'm not going to spend, you know, $60,000 on a fancy dip tank. No. Um, and then. I think you know. maybe part of what makes the, the Ecotex so large is the in-feed and out-feed because the in-feed has that chase where it, there's extra, there's probably two, you, I, I bet you could have them custom build you an in-feed because we don't use the whole in-feed, you know, mm -hmm. we, we skip, we probably don't use even probably two feet of it. And then the, then the, when it exits and it comes into that, the out, well, that's a finishing station. So it's well, the like, outfeed, the outfeed on the Ecotex for me is, is a selling point just because you don't have to, you don't have to pick it up and take it and put it exactly. in a booth. You just yeah. leave it in the frame and then pressure wash. Well, we so, never like, have haze. That's number or one. Like, like, like that. we don't have haze. We don't we don't print water base. So it's like literally. And you were here and you saw it with your own eyes. Yeah, no, it works. It, it works flawlessly. I'm not doubting yeah. that. Like I would love to have it. Like don't get me wrong. Like I want it. It's just like, do I have the actual fucking space for it? Like, well, I think I either do or I don't. What I was what I was suggesting is not to alter the out feed. Is to because keep that just the way it is. Maybe the in feed. You know what I mean? I save save a couple feet there, but they're both good. I've seen them both work. I just chose uh, M and R for a couple of reasons. One, I'm close to Chicago. Uh, my shop's M and R already, and I saw it and it saw it work and it worked great. So it's a, it's amazing. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that it's like the best one to pick. It's just like I said. It's just a matter of they don't make a smaller version. Like they don't make yeah. a more space saving thing. I think the Lotus fits in 15 feet. And for us, I was like, I had a wall. I'm like, I can put it on this wall, step it off the wall. And then all we did was uh, plumb up a, uh, a drop in a filter system so we can have a finishing station at the end of ours. So it can come off the end of the Lotus and I just pick it up, put it in a, put it in a wash booth, rinse it out, do whatever I need to. And then I can put it right in a rack. So we, mm -hmm. we kind of modified ourselves. We had an extra, spray out booth that we hadn't been using from an, from an old system. So yeah, it's, uh, we've been really happy with it. Uh, really, really happy with it. Um, you got to monitor the chemistry quite a bit, but it's great. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. Are you putting Diazo in all of your emulsion? Yes. Yeah. We, we, we only, and Andy, I know Andy gets a lot more particular about this than we do, but like we use one emulsion, uh, for everything here. I don't, I know some shops use multiple emulsions for different yeah, things. No, but. we do too. We, we just, we just put Diazo in everything. Yep. And then we've noticed even, like I said, even with plastisol screens, like it holds better halftone detail. Mm. Um, and yeah. And then if we want to pop in a water base, whatever, it's all the same screen. I don't have to like have a rack of water base screens and a rack of plastisol screens, but that was, that was a deciding factor too with, you know, the Ecotex and stuff was, a lot of people were saying that the Lotus didn't do great with screens that were, you know, more hardened because you're using Diazo. So, yeah, we've, it's, it's done really well for us. I feel like we're probably having to pump a little more chemical through it than we normally would because of what it takes to break that emulsion down. But, um, but then I feel like that's just part of it though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're just, you're going to spend a little bit on chemicals, but it's gosh, man, we're using, we're using less chemical than we've ever used. And we're, you know, the other day we were like, oh crap, every screen in the shop is dirty because that happens. And so like four hours later, a majority of our screen inventory was done and right. dry. 
Right. And everybody was really happy about that. Yeah. Right. That's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And that's, that's the whole point of this. I mean, we look at it as owners, it's like every little thing, but realistically for the guy who has to clean screens, he's looking at it as this is way better. Yeah. Like no matter what it is, it's way better. Like you said, just keeping the chemicals out of their face alone is Mm -hmm. worth it. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that was what moved us to switching over. We weren't using platen tape forever. And once again, I had to talk my folks into it, but the biggest part was the chemicals it was taking to clean off platens was just killing. And, uh, everybody's a lot happier when it comes to changing that out now, because they're not having to breathe in RC five. We're not having to run, you know, we're not having to open the garage door and run fans to get the chemical smell out of the building. And everybody's a lot happier now. Really yeah, nice. I had, um, when I was out of my garage, I hadn't heard of platen tape. And so I would actually spray adhesive glue on just direct to the palate. And then how I cleaned it off was mineral spirits. Like literally oh, yeah. just used, dumped it on there and used mineral spirits. It was, I, it was the worst thing in the world. That's for sure. But um, the, first, the, the shop I worked for in college uh, used acetone. To clean. <laughs> yeah. Like he would just keep these like, containers of acetone and he would be like, all right, go clean up. I was like, this can't be good. This kid, this can't be. Yeah. What are you using for, uh, I don't know if you do a lot of hoodies in Arkansas or for, if that's a a thing, but what do you use for for hoodies? Oh man. I mean, we're using, I can't remember. We're using like a roll on adhesive. Uh, you're, you guys are carding it on. I know you're using a little bit different one than we are. Um, I can't even remember what the stuff is called that we're using. Is it water based or is it, is it, it's, it's water. It's, it's water-based, but they changed the formula of it a while back, like a year mm. ago. And our shop smelled like vomit whenever we would like mm. put this on. So we're calling the manufacturer, calling our rep and saying, Hey, like, I think something's wrong with this, this adhesive. Like what'd you guys do? Top bond. That's what it is. Uh, I think it's by CCI top bond adhesive. Um, and they had changed the formula and it, you would, it would smell like vomit going on the platen. And then of course, when everything would heat up the whole, production area was just making everyone sick. It was awful. So apparently a lot of people called and complained about that. So we switched over for hoodies. I mean, we're using a supplemental adhesive, like a spider web or a, or a, a mist, depending on the type of hoodies. If, if we're running like a uh, French, French Terry, like the loop back fleece, you don't, you can just use a mist adhesive for that. Um, but if you're using like traditional fleece, yeah. Uh, like a web adhesive a lot of times. I, um, yesterday, I had a conversation with somebody here and I, and I was like, we've got to rethink hoodies altogether, not just what adhesive we're using, but just how we print them, you know, because it's just that time of year, you know, we, we print t-shirts all summer, all spring, all summer. And here we are, uh, hoodies started coming in, um, a month back or whatever. And we forgot, you kind of forget, it's just so different, you know, not just what adhesive you're using, but how you print them. And so, uh, for example, right, right, we usually try to run, uh, if we're going to revolt, if we're going to print hoodies, you want to preheat them. And so, yep. um, you either on certain presses, you're going to have to put that in revolver, you know, so your first revolution is nothing but a preheat. And uh, I know Dylan has a hothead. And so I was, I have, I don't, we have a roller. So we have like the action roller, you know, which yep. kind of does something, not, not like the, the iron wood, but it does something. So I'm thinking, yep. I'm thinking this, I, my theory is anyway, is here's how I want to print a hoodie. I want to put, I want to load the hoodie on and I don't know what adhesive to use yet. That's what I'm trying to figure okay. out. Cause I don't want to use mist. Um, yep. I get it that it doesn't put this, it doesn't put, you know, a web, like, cause the web's kind of sticky and can stay in that on underside yeah, of the, stays hoodie, on the hoodie though. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. But mist, it doesn't, you can't really see it. So 
I don't want to use mist because it's like you, like you said, I think it's probably the worst thing in the shop. And so oh, how, do yeah. we, how do we get away from that? Worse than mineral spirits, most likely. But, um, but so I want to, I want to load the hoodie on. I'm not sure about the glue yet, but I want to iron it. Like in head number one, I would just do a, I would just hothead it. Head one. Yep. So it's all of a sudden it's flat, you know, it's, it's pre, it's done. It's shrinking if it, or whatever it's going to do, expanding and shrinking. It's done. It's, you know, you've pre-treated it that way. And then mm-hmm. head two is my, my underbase or my first wide or whatever it's going to yep. be is exact is right in head two, because I don't think you need a cool station. Do you Dylan, do you need a cool station after the hothead? I mean, is it, does it cool? Down no. So, so pretty much what we're doing is we're doing, uh, like load and then flash because the flash is going to be your intense heat. That's actually going to shrink the hoodie. Like if you're going to get any shrinkage, it's going to be right then. Not and then from the hot head? Not from the hot head. Cause the hot head, we're only leaving it like 200. I think it's like two to two twenty. So it's really just like, like a, like an iron. It's not like it's going to be like so hot that it's shrinking the garment slightly. Cause what I want to do is I want to make sure it gets that intense heat first to shrink the hoodie. So I have no registration issues. And then right after the flash in the cooldown station is the hot head. So the hot head is, is my cooldown station. So flash in one, hot head in two. Well, the flash, we always no. keep basically at two anyway because yeah, it's just always there. So, yeah, it's flash in two, hot head in three. And then four and then is... If you want, white, I guess. no, you would have... Depends on your press size. But like on my sportsman we would just let it go around all the way. And then our one, one revolution is just heating the hoodie. Right. Saying. But like on the gauntlet, I can have multiple flashes so I can do that. I can do flash hot head. And then on like head seven, I'll have white and then flash and then a final white. So I can do it all in one spin, but on the sportsman, I just do one spin. And then the second spin actually starts printing. Tyler, how are you? Are you water basing hoodies or plastic hoodies or both? Some of both. Uh, if we water base hoodies, a lot of times we're having to do a uh, a dye blocker base on it, which is which is really great. We use the Magna water base system, so we'll throw their dye blocker dab, then we'll throw their white base. A lot of times we can actually the dye blocker base is so sounds funny. It's such a dry ink. We can throw a white water base right up on top of it, especially once things get heated up and going. Um, so we're not even having to flash that dye blocker under base. We'll go dye blocker then white water base. Um, if we're doing that, so it's a whole different process in my press op. Uh, my production manager knows a lot more about that than I do. Um, but we do have a hot head. Uh, we s- still aren't using it consistently. We want to. Um, <laughs> because of because he's refusing, they're refusing. To I don't know. It, no, they, they, they want it. It just, we, we keep not having enough time to play around and figure things out. Like it, we, we, and every so, time we're like, Oh, let's, let's figure things out. Here's a giant order. Never mind. Next, you're going to tell me we, uh, we you have the you have an auto, but they just refuse to use it. They're going to print they manual. Just, they want to just push and pull. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that with the, with the hot head. I mean, our plan for it is a lot like what uh, what you were saying was um, for hoodies. We would put the hot head in one um, because we've we have tried it before. I used to run a roller, and if we would try to uh, run the roller after the fr- we would go base flash. And then run the roller after yeah, that. Hoodies yeah. were they were shift they were shifting. Right. Uh, hoodies would shift every time. So, but still, the best way for t-shirts with a hot head, I feel like, is to hit your base, flash, and then hot head because t-shirts just don't shift uh, hardly at all if you're if you're running a good a good adhesive. Um, so for us, 
I think I would love to be a part of that adhesive conversation whenever you figure out the magic trick, because I don't know what to do. Um, I just ran uh, three or four dozen hoodies by myself in the back and I was by myself, but I was real loud. So that's, that's, that's <laughs> the way neighbors I were complaining again. Oh no, the neighbors are fine. The neighbors are great. It's a brewery. They're, they're super cool. So yeah, I ran two thing. hoodie jobs this week and one of them, and this is embarrassing. I sent around eight times and, uh, and the other one was the last job I ran on Friday and it was a performance hoodie. It went, it only went around, it went oh. around three times, but, um, mm-hmm. this eight timer I did because it, it literally was, it was on the back of it. The front was, was easy. The back was this, it was like a rectangle, you know, at least 12 inches. I don't know how big exactly, but at least a foot. And the whole underbase was like that. You know what I mean? Like it was just a rectangle and then it had four colors on top of it. And so that was really, really tough to, to get to print. And so I, I ended up sent each res- revolution was a color. And then I had, I was even preheating, you know, uh, in, in there too. And so it was like, just to get it to look perfect, including rolling and things like this. And so I think there's gotta be, mm-hmm. a, there's gotta be a better way. I mean, this is, yeah, this got- is, there's no way I can send stuff around eight times because well, it'll take you forever. Yeah. I've got a four color with a base on camo hoodies that I have to do this evening. So think about me thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Yeah, the thing, with the, the thing with the hot head is it's like, we like it, we kind of swear by it because it's just before you had it, you're kind of like some prints, you're like, man, this is kind of heathery looking or there's some fibers sticking up in the print. It's not as smooth as it can be. This pretty much just eliminates all of that. Like you don't have fibrillation issues at all yep. anymore. You're yep. just irony. You're basically, think about it, stop thinking about it as a hot head or some other unit. It's literally just like, your grandma on head to ironing every shirt before any print goes on it. So here's like, my, that's basically it. Here's a question. So here's my, cause I've never seen one work. Here's what's happening lately um, on press. And that is we'll print an underbase on some shirts. It works great. And we print, so our underbases are in one fifty eights right now. And then our top colors are two thirties mainly. And so we'll print, this is with plastic. we'll print our underbase and then we'll come with our top color in two thirty. And it'll cover 95% and there'll be a few peaks, you know, of this white, just like sticking out. And so, you know, but you know, and so, you know, how we fucking have to do it now is we have to, what every printer does, turn up your pressure Mm -hmm. or do multiple passes or slow it down, slow it down or, uh, you know, like change your squeegee angle, all these things that you don't want to do. That's defeating the purpose of having this 230. Like, well, so anyway, I thought, well, the hothead's got to fix that. And if you're telling me it does, then... It's, it's a great tool. It really is. It's just a little fiber sticking up or whatever. And then the ink separates around it. So that's why sometimes when you're printing stuff like that, you'll end up seeing a bunch of little white dots and stuff. It's because there's just something sticking up or something in the way. That's why it's kind of like, like I said, even with hoodies, we say we do the pre-shrink just because it eliminates most registration issues and it gives you a nice soft print. But the hot head also too, like if you do, if you do the iron after the underbase, and then you smooth out that white, it's going to make your colors or even your white brighter because it's, mm-hmm. it's just smoothing everything out. Right. So yeah. it's just, it's just one of those things. It's like a tool you should just have, like should come with the press. It, basically. It, right. It doesn't, it doesn't, I agree. It, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take up any more room either because you use it in your cooldown station. So it's not yep. like you're losing a head and plus it pops in just like a squeaky. So it's not yep. like you have to like, install it like if you need to move it because you need more colors or you need to use that cooldown yep. station you just pop it out 
Yeah, I have. The biggest thing is you've got to change the airflow though. That's the one thing is any head you're going to put it in, there's these airflow uh, adjusters that you have to put on the airlines. So it doesn't smash it down. It takes it to where uh, it drops down more slowly, nice and soft. Hmm. Did you have to do that on yours, Dylan? I didn't have to do it on my sportsman, but I have heard that. Okay. I, I have a buddy yeah. who has one that had to get like some things for it or whatever. Yeah, just little but, pressure regulators. We just, whenever we have them on one and four, that's the two places we keep our hot head. Yeah. So it's, it just slows it down to where it doesn't slam down on your platen for us. Yeah, I, um, I had ordered... Um, I was, I would say it was probably February of this year. I ordered a hothead and, uh, an extra, uh, tri-sync tri-lock pallet because nice. I didn't want to like right now we have to, sometimes we're waiting on somebody else as they're tri-syncing or we have to walk, you know, a hundred yards or whatever it is to get to, to pick up, uh, uh you know, and, cause we only have one tri-sync pallet. So I had both of those things ordered <clears throat> and then COVID and we just canceled the order. You know, because we didn't, I had no idea what was about to happen. And so, so we canceled. I got to re, I got to place an order for one though. It sounds like for three, <laughs> if they're that good, they need, they need I, one on every press. You know, I have one, I have one yeah. on each press. Every press. Wow. Yeah. All right. Like I said, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's kind of like part of the shop now. It's like, there's no reason not to use it. If you're not using it, you're just like sacrificing. You're like, this might be okay. Or this, I mean, you can definitely do prints without it, but it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, if you use it, it's just a little bit better. Does it take uh, a lot of power? Like a three phase, so. I think uh, it's like, 20 amp, 30 amp? I think it's like a what, 220? Single, single phase, 220, uh, maybe 10 amps, maybe eight amps. It's not much at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this was something that came up um, and you're a data guy. So I want to ask you, um, it came up on Facebook this week that I was talking to somebody about is getting your own custom boxes versus reusing like the guild oh, and whatever boxes that come in. Um, and I had said, because we kind of, I never was like, Oh, we have to get custom boxes. And then my shipping receiving guy, Chris was just also like my production manager was like, Hey, we really should get like, custom boxes for different size orders because UPS switched from just being uh, like billable weight. Now it's like dimensional weight, I guess is what it's mm -hmm. called. Yep. So because the reason why they were doing that is because I don't know if you remember like a couple years ago, every time Amazon sent you something, they, you would buy like a keychain and they'd send you a box like this huge big. Box. <laughs> yeah. Right. And UPS was like, fuck that. We can't do this anymore because you're filling our truck with these huge boxes for like nothing in the box. Yep. So basically they switched it to where now it's, you know, even if you have shirts in the box that weigh 20 pounds, but your box dimensionally multiplies out to be like a 40 pound box dimensionally, you they're going to charge you for 40 pounds. Yep. So that was where like this discussion came in and people were like, oh, you should, you know, and it makes sense. They're like, oh, you should just reuse the boxes and like, don't be wasteful and all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, but I can still recycle the Gildan boxes, so but Tyler, I'm going to get... Have like my own boxes specifically. He has, you print your own boxes or you order your own boxes in? Is that what you're asking him? Yeah. Uh, right now we just order blank boxes in. I've worked with three different box manufacturers to get something made for us. And I have yet to find a company, I, like when we order boxes, I, I've heard that to make it worth your while, you need to order like thousands at a time, 2,500, yeah. 5,000 boxes. And I've yet to find anyone that, really wants to take care of us on that. I don't know how else to say that. Like I've yet to find a box supplier who I think right now 
all said and done from Uline, our standard boxes are between three and four dollars each. Um, you know, the quotes I was getting from everyone else was six fifty, seven dollars a box. And mm-hmm. I won it because I I think, you know, I drove by an office building the other day and uh, a local competitor of ours has custom boxes and they were all up against the glass on the outside of the building stacked up in the corner, you know, for giving out to their employees or whatever. But all I could see was their logo all down the side of the building. Well, there's the, like, there's the branding part of it like that. Yeah. Like it's nice when they get yeah. a nice clean box and it's got your logo on it. It wasn't a Gildan box. that has been kicked 900 times. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's, it's just the, you got to think like, if you're buying a box that's like three bucks or whatever, and then you go to ship it out with UPS and UPS is charging you an extra like $8 because it's in a wrong size box. Like yeah. you just paid for like four boxes. Yeah. Like that's the problem. Is not necessarily that you, you want the box. You basically want to get a box that fits just as many shirts. Yeah. I think it's both then, right? Box. Because you're going to save money on the right size box. And then also, um, you know, well, it pays for itself logo, is what I'm saying. Like basically that, and then somebody seeing your logo and placing an order, well then that's going to pay for more right, than right. just itself. Yeah. Right. And I, I had just done the same thing. Like you were saying, I had a really hard time before we were ordering Uline boxes, which yeah. sucks because Uline charges a ton in shipping. Dude, the shipping is another seventy-five cents to right. a dollar a box. It's, it's, it's the stupid. cost of the box. Yeah. So we were doing that for a while, and then we were printing them ourselves. And because I, again, I, I'm limited on space, so I can only order yeah. like a thousand boxes or fifteen hundred boxes at a time. I ended up finding a guy in, uh, I think it's either New Jersey or Pennsylvania, uh, Columbia Container, who basically like he hooked me up. Like he was like, "Hey," uh, and my buddy at Lancaster Print House uh, recommended him to me, and. They were the only certain area and I was like, damn, that sucks. But he's like, have you ever thought about like third party shipping, like FedEx freight or some other freight company? And I was like, yeah, he's like, it's not going to be that much. We'll just put them on skids and then we'll like, we'll just add on the charge of like the shipping and the shipping was way cheaper than Uline. So they printed the boxes for me. Both sides did a thousand boxes and he figured out shipping everything. I didn't have to do anything at all. And they just showed up here. And I just, now, they paid, a box like, whatever it was. they're were a box, they a box manufacturer. manufacturer. Okay. Yeah. I was like, you're not shipping from Uline to them. Okay. No, okay, no, so no. They're, they're the manufacturer. manufacturer and they printed okay. the boxes, everything. Um, so no, that was great. But I've also heard too, of people getting the boxes that I guess you can break them down. They have like different levels in them and you can break it I've down. I've seen those. So you yeah. Buy, you buy like one box, no matter what the size is. And then you just break it down to fit whatever size order it's going to be. So mm-hmm. I was like, shit, I wish I did that. But, yeah, we get like four different size boxes. So there's like a box that does like a, you know, a 25 piece order, a box that does a 50 piece order, a box that does uh, somewhere in the middle. And then like your 40 pound box, like your standard, you know, double wall. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, anything under a hundred pieces goes in one of those different boxes. And then if you have like a thousand piece order, obviously it's like 10, 40 pound boxes. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's just money saving wise, UPS, it, it makes so much sense. Like you are saving a ton of money by putting it in the right box. Yeah, we, we still don't, we don't, we still don't have our own shipper account. We kind of got lucky. There's a, there's a small uh, private college here in town and their, uh, their mailroom is open to the public. And so we ship uh, nonprofit, they, they basically, we ship nonprofit rates out of their mailroom. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so we're paying like, I mean, for like a 40 pound box, like your 12 by 18 by 24 as our standard box, I think they cost us less than $10 for ground. 
uh, to ship out. So that, that will probably come to an end eventually, but so far six years in and they haven't. Well, you're doing, you're doing a lot of local stuff though, right? Like you're not shipping a a ton of stuff. A lot of local stuff. And then our larger, our larger stuff is all wholesale clients who are sending a truck and we're loading it. We're, you know, it, we're putting it on pallets for them and then dropping it in a truck. That's, that's the majority of our business is these longer, longer run wholesale orders. So, yeah, see my every order, no matter what, well, very small amount of orders is local. So every order we have ships. Yeah. So that's what I mean, it's very important for me to look at those numbers because every order that comes in, every order that goes out is getting shipped in a box. Makes a big difference for you guys. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. I noticed you have a shirt club. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you want to know? <laughs> Cause it's, it's an, it's an adventure. <laughs> Um, how does it, how does it work? And why how does it get, work? How'd you get started? How'd you get started? Um, and so, and, and do you make money? Yes. Uh, backwards. Yes, we make money. Uh, we, uh, so we, we were doing a lot of corporate work for Hallmark baby was a big client of ours. There you go. Is that, are we sponsored by them today? Is that, that's, <laughs> we're trying, we're, we're trying, trying really hard. <laughs> we're hoping we get a free bottle a year. Ooh, look at that. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's what's Genesis. in this. This is an IC. <laughs> well, you've got it too. Very nice. Very nice. Um, it looks like tea, but we just you... refilled it with whiskey. <laughs> yep. just whiskey. We're <laughs> just drinking the entire bottle. This is my cup, right? So there you go. Um, no, uh, so we were doing all this Hallmark baby stuff. If it, if you were ordering a custom baby blanket for someone anywhere in the world, we were ha- we were the contractor with Hallmark for that. Uh, we would embroider names on it. So we were doing thousands of pieces a week for Hallmark. It was a super sweet little gig for a while until Hallmark shuttered that entire division of their company. And that was a bummer. Uh, Hold on one second. second. I have a buddy, Zach Newton, who's a designer. He's like one of the main designers at Hallmark. And I I had him in a podcast and he was saying that at one time he ran the Hallmark baby Instagram. And it was like a big okay. deal. And he's like, oh, yeah. he's like, he's like, one day they just came in here and we're like, we're shutting it down. Done. Like there was no decision, whatever. It was just yeah. like Hallmark Baby's over. And yeah. it was like, it's just funny that you say that. Like, yeah, this is a great gig. And then all of a sudden it was over. Cause he, he was like the exact same thing. He was like, I had this sweet job. And they were basically like, this is done now. I want to yeah, know that, like what happened where they were like, well, I, I just don't, you know, if for a company like Hallmark, what are they? A couple billion dollars a year in greeting cards, right? They're trying to figure out how to make money on anything that's not cards right now, because that's just the way that's going. And, you know, it doesn't matter if a division of their company is doing 10, 15 million a year. That's, that's not, that's not moving the needle for them. So I think while it was doing really well and they were doing a lot of business, I just don't think it was enough. And they were like, shut it down. You needed to show them some data some data. We were showing them data. We were super efficient. We had, we built up our whole embroidery department to support them. Um, luckily it was all paid for cause it was good business for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we had a bunch of single head embroidery machines had developed this whole process. They had 36 colors that we had to keep in inventory. Uh, it was, it was complicated, but our, our folks had figured it out really, really well. They were, they were super quick at it. Um, uh, but you know, come from November to December, our embroidery department was working 50, 60 hours a week just to get Hallmark baby out the door. That's all they would do all day. So so that went away and there was a void. (sighs) There was a void. So what we really liked was like the general, like it was like a predictable check every month from Hallmark. Like it was kind of always around the same amount, always at the same time. And that disappeared. 
And so we had had friends tell us, Hey, you should look into this thing. Uh, there's these guys out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma shirt company. Uh, they were doing, uh, Oklahoma shirt of the month. I think it's what it's called. Yeah. And they're like, they're, they're doing pretty well. So I went and followed, uh, I've met Justin, Justin before over there. And so I went and kind of just watched every interview he ever did about it. And, uh, they had actually attempted to do one for Arkansas for about a year and then they closed it down. I don't know why I'm guessing it just wasn't doing as well as their Oklahoma one. Cause their Oklahoma one has like between 15 and 20,000 monthly subscribers. Like it's, it's an obscene number of people buying Oklahoma themed shirts every month, which is awesome for them. Um, and so we just basically, I mean, we modeled it unashamedly after what uh, the success Justin and them have had over there with that. Uh, but we definitely took it and made our own spin. We have custom packaging for it and all this stuff. And so we launched that back in uh, December of last year. And pretty quickly, within within six months, it had made up the difference for us between like kind of filled in that hole left by that division of Hallmark shutting down. Okay. So how does that work? Somebody said they, they, they're a member or they're in the club. I mean, and that, so they pay, you hit their credit card every month, the same time every month for a certain dollar amount. Yeah. So it's, it's 12 bucks a month. So we basically look at it as like selling wholesale directly to people. Um, so it's 12 bucks a month and then sales tax and shipping, it comes in just under 15 bucks a month or right at 15, depending on where they are. And then, and you design a shirt or something. I mean, a different shirt. Yeah. Who, so who designs yeah. it? <laughs> On the fifteenth of every month, we release the new shirt. Um, it's definitely like centered for us. Like our, we have Arkansas, and we also have one called PDL that's all around bike lifestyle. Because mostly because I wanted it because I like bikes. <laughs> that's the way that goes. Bikes uh, like motor but, bikes uh, or pedal bikes. Oh no, like pedal bikes. The ner- the nerdy kind. They're super fun. Um, <laughs> I I really I really like bikes. Uh, so uh, yeah. So uh, basically, they sign up. Um, and it's, they can cancel at any time. So there's no long-term commitment. They can like, if they see the next month's shirt, they can even email us and say, Hey, pause my subscription for this month. I'm not really into it. Uh, most people we found don't exercise that. They just go, Oh, if I don't really like it, I'll give it to a friend or family member or someone, or they just hang on to it and they learn to love it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, our creative team gets together, uh, once a month and says, Hey, do we want to do something seasonal? Do we want to do something featuring one of our great uh, lo- national or regional uh, state parks? Do we want to feature, you know, state birds, like any, any of these things. Um, and then the creative director and team goes after it and concepts, a bunch of stuff. Uh, they're usually pitching that by the eighth or ninth. It's usually completed by the 10th and all the social media assets are ready to launch by the 15th. Uh, and then we launch it and push it out through advertising on Facebook and Instagram and try to get as many people to sign up as possible before the first. That's the, so how did that's you do that when you, like when you first started, you were like, all right, I'm going to do a shirt of the month. Like, yeah. how do you like market that right off the bat? Cause it's just like a clothing line basically being like, Hey, this yeah. is what I'm going to do now. You just like put it out there as hard as possible. Yeah, we put it out there as hard as possible. I mean, obviously, like, you know, the people that have been telling us to do it for, for a long time, were, they, they were the first people to sign up. Like one of my best friends, Tony, he was the first person to sign up. So you're going to get the family and friends that sign up right away. Right. Uh, but then pretty quickly, you know, advertising is, you guys know, so you can get super, super targeted with it. Uh, so basically we just started doing heavily targeted advertising specifically in the state of Arkansas. And so it, it, it hits a vast portion of population of Arkansas and uh, just said, Hey, there's this neat thing. You can get this for 12 bucks a month uh, plus tax and shipping. Facebook is really specific. Now, 
three months ago, they changed the way you can advertise subscription services through all their platforms. Uh, and that complicated things a little bit. Um, but we're actually in the middle of working with uh, on a contract with a, an ad firm that's going to take over that stuff for us, uh, and do more targeted advertising, uh, retargeting all that specific stuff. But yeah, all we did was just push it out there. And, uh, I think, uh, Arkansas specifically. So for me, like I grew up here and then I moved out to the West coast. And when I, the difference from when I first lived there to right before I left was when I first moved out there, you didn't really tell people you were from Arkansas. You weren't super proud of it. Uh, I mean, you always love where you're from to a point, but by the time, really, by the time we moved back, there was a certain amount of like national pride, like building around Arkansas. Like it's, you know, the things that people used to say about Arkansas, some people still say those things, but I don't know, like there's just so much happening specifically here in Northwest Arkansas that makes it such an attractive and interesting place to live. Uh, and just the beauty of the state is just incredible. Um, I think people were ready to latch onto something that was like, yeah, Arkansas, I'm into this. Like I'm proud to be from here. So we're shipping, I mean, all over the state. So we've figured out a way to target people that you know, you can say what their hometown is. And so we can target hometowns and say, Hey, hometowns in Arkansas. And so we're seeing people pick up shirts from outside the state that they grew up there or they spent a lot of time there as a kid. And they're, they're, they're proud to be affiliated with or associated with Arkansas. And, uh, we've gotten some really cool feedback about that. So Do you know I, how I to, that. have you got that technology where if somebody says the word Arkansas near their iPhone, that now you can send them an ad to, Oh man, I, I, if I can tap into that technology, that would be, that'd be the next, the next level. Right. So no, but yeah, super targeted advertising through social media, uh, channels is, is really the way we've done that. And, did you have uh, to, it, uh, it pretty well? Did you have to hire somebody? Like how much time do you devote to that? The whole club? I mean, do you just hire somebody to, to, to manage it? We just put it into the systems that we already have in place. So we've got someone, uh, her name's Misty. Uh, she loves just the logistics of figuring that kind of stuff out. Like she loves fulfillment and figuring out the best ways to do things. So she came to me and said, I need a, a better label printer. Like she's like, I need a commercial label printer. Um, Cause we were just running one of those little desktop ones, Dymos. Like we were running Dymos. Yep. She's like, no, nope, I, I need this one from Zebra. It's going to be faster. Um, so we got a big, uh, well, she would also... I mean, this is how far we went into, we went to, uh, Oklahoma shirt company's Instagram. We were like, well, what, what are they using? What, how are they doing this? What are, you know, what late? Cause we were like, man, late printing a thousand labels a month takes a while. How are they doing? And we saw, oh, they're printing one that prints like 14 inches a second. That's probably faster than a Dymo. Um, and so we, we basically did that. She built this whole like fulfillment system on the back end, Uh, and then, yeah, we just built it into the systems that we already had. I think eventually I'd like to hire someone for that to kind of be their baby in our company because we want to add, we've got a little bit of taste of the subscription revenue and we really like it. <laughs> so uh, we'd like to add other types of uh, shirt clubs uh, in the near in the near future, actually. So we're going to launch two more around the first of the year. Cool. Are they all yeah. going to be like state-based or is it just different things? Um, like you said you did a bike is- one. Yeah. The bike one was, is more my pet project just cause I like bikes. Um, but it's, it's growing. People are, I, I, Northwest Arkansas is, uh, Arkansas in general, the Walton family has invested a ton into trails here. I think they've built several hundred miles of trail in the last five years, specifically for mountain biking. Uh, the gravel scene is taking off. The road scene is taking off. Um, what? Andy's got to talk about your trail that you 
brought up to me when I was there. No, no, I was letting him have all the glory. There's, it's, oh, it's no. Okay. That's okay. Uh, no, I was going to say to you, though, um, dude, Sasquatch Club. A Bigfoot mm-hmm. Club. Sasquatch Club? Yeah, you could do oh, a, yeah. just a shirt. So anybody that, there's got to be a 10 or 20 people out there that like Bigfoots, right? And so you could oh, have a... <laughs> he's real. He's real, so it's a, fine. Yeah, right. so like, can you imagine? Do you already do that, Dylan? No. That's the thing is like, it's funny, like, because I'm in New York and like, there's a lot of pride for like upstate New York. And I don't know of any like upstate New York, uh, like t-shirt things. And I'm like, I could do that. But I'm also right now, my brain is like, I don't want to figure that out. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like the logistics of like, like you're saying, like figuring out the pricing and doing targeting ads and all that stuff. Like I would love to do that. I would love to hire somebody to be like, Hey, just run this thing. But like, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. It's just it, the, when you can start, when the revenue starts building, when you start getting to that few thousand subscribers a month, I mean, it's, it's largely profitable. Uh, if, cause we just run it through our generic systems here. We run it through our same ordering here. Like it runs through all the same systems that everything else runs through here. Right. So for us, it's just a, I mean, it's just another order for us. And we already do like e-com fulfillment for different clubs and organizations and companies. So for us, it just kind of drops in under that. Uh, and it, it runs pretty, it runs pretty effectively every month without really changing our systems. And you're not going to have 5,000 members the day you sign up, you have a chance to experiment and grow it uh, as you go and change your, your systems can morph a little bit along the way. You don't have to have it all figured out. Um, the guys that did, uh, 37 signals, uh, they wrote the book. I forget. uh, It's called rework. Uh, it's a great book. If you haven't read it. Um, but they launched their software, uh, called Basecamp. They launched their software. Oh, and I just got a new subscriber. Hooray. Popped up on my <laughs> iPad. <laughs> like literally while we're on here. This isn't live. Uh, so I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it's, I literally, like I got a new subscriber while that happened. That's quite funny. Um, no, but Rework, they, uh, they didn't know how they were going to build their clients, but they knew they needed to launch their software. So they said, Hey, we know we had, we're going to bill in 60 days. So they launched their software and got everyone to sign up and knew they knew what it would cost. And then they had to build out the billing software on the back end, but they had 60 days to figure it out. So for us, we got it going because we know we can put out good design. We know we can put out good packaging. There's always swag in the bag. We knew we could do all that stuff, but growing it and making it like a working part of our team, we knew we had time to figure that out. Um, so that's, that's the approach we've always taken on that kind of stuff. Yeah. What do you use for like the, I guess, charging their card once a month? Do you just have like a subscription service that does that or? Yeah. Shopify has a number of plugins you can utilize. Recharge is one of them. We use a thing called bold. I think it's called bold subscription services. Uh, super clean, super simple. Um, I mean, pretty basic backend that's easy to go. in when people change their credit cards or need to change their address. Um, yeah, we just utilize a Shopify plugin. And that's, um, and it's a pre, basically like a pre-order store. I mean, you're not pre-printing stuff. And then fulfilling your take, you know, your orders. I mean, when they sign up, they say I'm a large or whatever they say. So, yep. you know, you know how many of each size. And then, so it's just basically you, you run, maybe you run a few extras in case there's a hole or something. Yeah. Or? Well, we run, we run, I think 15% extra because the other thing that people can do is once they become members, they can buy back stock of previous designs if we have it in stock. Okay. And that's been a really great way. We've utilized that as a way to attract new people. Cause they're like, Oh, I wish I would have been signed up in April. And we're like, well, 
let us check real quick. You're an extra large. Cool. We have one. If you sign up today, like you go ahead and do that. And then we'll send you an invoice and you can just pay that online and we'll send you the April shirt since you're a member. So that's been, I mean, the back end sales is really nice uh, too. And it also, yeah, if there's a hole, if you, USBS loses in the mail, any number of things, like we can send out another one really quick. Dude, we also you, don't make, we don't make have, people return shirts. We just drop another one in the mail to them. It's so much faster. Have you been having that issue where UPS is just losing shit left and right? Dude, I am a huge supporter of the US Postal Service, but holy crap, it's been rough. Yeah. Um, we, we've lost, I mean, or things will show, we'll ship it. Like most people are here in the state of Arkansas. The longest ship time is three days USPS by yeah. first class mail. And they're not getting it for 10 to 12 days, which is yeah. a real bummer because we like how quickly things get to people. Like that's a really nice feature. And it's been poor. I, I just know they're going through it right now. So like, you know, yeah. that goes out to well, them, the hard but. part is like, we're doing fulfillment and stuff for like some of the, some of our customers and, you know, we'll do like a pack, like a pack list or whatever, like we'll, we'll have, you know, a couple hundred bags to go to the post office and then we'll give them like the pack list or whatever. And they'll, they'll scan it. And then we'll get a customer. It's like, Hey, uh, it says that you shipped it like a week ago, but it still says it's at the facility or it hasn't been scanned or it says it was delivered to my door and it's not here. I feel like I'm getting like, like three of those a day. Yeah. We're getting more than kidding. we used to for sure. Yeah. And I'm just like, like some of these items are like hoodies that have like multiple location prints. And it's like, I'm, and I'm just supposed extra. to, right. Like <laughs> I'm just supposed to eat that and then be like, the problem is, is I'm like doing prints like once a week. So like if that customer is like, Hey, this just never showed up or this is gone or whatever, uh, UPS or USPS ate it. Like I have to be like, all right, well next batch we print, I'll send you another one. But again, like I said, it's like a $20 hoodie cost yeah. and then yeah. shipping it is another 10 bucks and it's like it's yeah, every day now the fulfillment end is definitely like has been a little bit of heartache the last specifically last like during covid it's been rough like fulfillment has because you know we we always guarantee if, if your online merch store closes and we ship it all out by x date and we always hit the we always hit the date like we hit the date but then stuff just doesn't show up or says it's it just makes like, you exactly what bad. you're saying yeah. It makes you look really bad, but there's like, what's our alternative to ship everything FedEx? Like we can't afford that. Like right. that's not going to work. Um, and I just, I just had to like, kind of like take proof that I'm finding on the internet to show my customer like, Hey, it's not me. Like they're getting yeah. nasty, like tweets or, you know, Instagram messages or whatever. Like my merch never showed up. And then they call me they're like, dude, what the hell? And I'm like, yep it's not me. Like I'm getting them out and they're going to the post office and they're out. It's just taking forever or they're just losing them. Yep. Like, yeah. Just, it just disappearing into some black hole somewhere. It's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's like super what warehouse has all this shit, like this lost and found of all these packages. They've got, that are lost. <laughs> they've got that and they've got all of our, what is it? They've got all of our left socks and like everything else, everything else that you lose. Like, yeah. yeah, that, that set of keys, that left sock, that, you know, <laughs> merch package from Bob's burgers that you printed. Yeah. All that stuff. It's, but all my bills crazy. still show up. Like I'm done, no bills are getting lost. It's weird. Magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Inksoft, uh, they sponsor us and we have a uh, Inksoft question 
And Go for um, it. I wrote it one earlier today and then Dylan said he didn't like it. And so I rewrote or we wrote a different one. However, hearing that, that you're there on a Sunday, that you printed Saturday and printed Sunday. Yes, sir. I think my original question is pretty All dang right. good. It's pretty Hit dang good. Hit him with the okay. original one. It's pretty dang good. And so uh, I, I, unfortunately, I deleted it and wrote this new... Oh, wait. No, no, no. I have it right here on my, uh, on my notes. So uh, check this out. So uh, you're given a two-week all-expense-paid vacay. Where do you go and do you or can you totally disconnect once you're there, like from the shop? So you got two weeks, you get, where do you go? And then once you're there, do you just, I mean, ignore emails, ignore phone calls, nothing. Or do you have to check in? Well, first you're going to make me cry at the thought of a two week vacation. <laughs> uh, good Lord. Um, I, yeah. When's the last time you did a two week vacation? I haven't done a two week in a while. I, we got away for a week, uh, back in uh, August sometime went out to Colorado with uh, my wife and the kids. And she actually runs the day to day. She was here just a minute ago. She runs pretty much the day to day operations of this place, but she does not like this kind of thing. So she was like, Nope, I'm not doing it. Just say hi to Andy. So hi <laughs> from Allison. Oh, I said hi too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's, she's great. Um, yeah, we, we did that for a week and we've, we've developed some pretty good systems in, in that way with our employees. Like, Generally, we'll go out to the West Coast because we have a lot of friends out there from our time out there. And it's about a two-hour difference. So we'll wake up at 7 in the morning and then we'll be available for the first two hours of the business day. Because usually our kids are kind of getting up and around and doing whatever, watching cartoons, eating breakfast. So for the first two hours a day, we're available. And that's when we can answer questions, problem solve whatever it is, sourcing, sourcing is a joke right now. You guys know that, um, but sourcing questions, all that stuff. And then basically we just say, Hey, if you have questions after that point, hit us up the next morning, unless it's an emergency. And that has been super effective for us on vacations. Um, and then usually they, we have such, just such amazing people. I think, uh, by day three or four of vacation, they just, they're good. Like they haven't, they, they figured things out. They haven't had to ask questions. So we're somewhat able to unplug. Is that, is that a real, is a real <laughs> answer? So hopefully on that, by the, by the end of the first week, I would be able to just shut it off on the last vacation we went on. I turned off all my email on my phone. That was super liberating. Um, yeah, it's, it's really nice. And I, I recently switched over to just using an iPad for myself for most of the, most of the time. Uh, and that has kept me from, getting in and tweaking designs and getting in and doing things that not that I shouldn't be doing, but things that were kind of gumming up my day or that I was getting buried in uh, that I'm like, we have a design department. They're really good at these things. I, I probably need to stay off of that stuff. Uh, what do you mean you switched to an iPad to, to like, you're talking about you don't do anything on your phone anymore. Uh, I do a little bit on my, a little bit on my phone, but an iPad in terms of like an iPad, I can't run the full Photoshop suite. I can't run the full illustrator suite. So like the things that, uh, you know, a client, will call me personally and say, Hey, can you work this up for me? And you know, the, I used to go, Oh yeah, no problem. Then I'm pulling out my laptop and I'm spending two hours working on something them that I really should be disciplined and passing off to our art department. Um, cause they can do it and they've got the time to do it and all those things. Um, so an iPad has helped me narrow down, uh, my access to those things, which has been really, really nice. I got you. So, so, so email. You, uh, so you went to Colorado, you went there for a week, but where would yeah. you, so if you had two weeks, where do you go? And it sounds like you will, won't completely disconnect. It sounds like you'll, two, you'll be a two, little bit. Two weeks. I probably won't be able to completely disconnect. 
I don't know. We have good people. I think we could get there. If we really, if we wedged the schedule just right and, and had it far enough out, I think we could, man, I drive up to see, I have friends that just moved up to Washington. Uh, we'd take the van up there. Uh, and then we just take the coast all the way down, uh, do a two week round trip, which is what we're planning on doing in April of this next year. April, May is driving all the way up to Washington and then coming all the way down the coast with the kids and just when you say when you say take the van it's like a sleeper van or, or what, what is it yeah so I, i've been driving a truck for a while but uh loading up multiple layers and boxes uh to go to we have a couple locations like to haul stuff back and forth between or do deliveries uh the truck just wasn't cutting it so i ended up buying another sprinter van for the business but it's also going to double as my personal adventure vehicle which will be <laughs> fun yeah so, not not the worst thing cool dylan uh where are you gonna go Oh, you're not, you're going to stay, you're going to stay there. You're staying there to I'm work because you don't, you don't yeah. need to get away. You, you want to just work. You want to work more. Yeah. I feel like if I really wanted a vacation right now, I would probably want to go to one of those places where it's like white sandy beaches and you can see all the way through the water. Like it's super mm. clear and just like do nothing but lay there. Like, like a beach bum for, yep. I don't want to go in the water. I just want to lay there. <laughs> Um, and so, and so, and do you disconnect? Or are you checking your phone? I could, I feel like I definitely could. I feel like honestly, it's harder for me to disconnect from the social part of it, like the Instagram and stuff like that, than it is for me to disconnect from my email because so much of my stuff is delegated to Chris and Sarah and everybody else in the shop who runs stuff that like, mm. they can totally run the place when me gone. The only thing that I'm really doing that they're not doing is like paying the bills and like a lot of like ordering supplies and stuff like that. But the day-to-day -day stuff, like they handle without me. So um, I feel like I could, if I told them straight up, like, hey, don't fucking call me. Uh, <laughs> like I wouldn't hear from them for two weeks. And on what day do you guess that you would start to miss it? You know, like all of a sudden you want to call them and you're like, I would hey, want to know, shop? you know, like I would yeah. want to know what's going on all the time just because yeah. like, I want to know like <laughs> stuff. But like, I feel like if I, if I was forced to just be like, no, I need this vacation. Like if my stress levels were here, mm -hmm. I feel like I would just be like, all right, like I have to do this for my health or I'm going to drop dead. Um, I feel like I get there once in a while, like something happens or we're in a project or something I just need to get away from. That's where I'm just like, okay, like I can't think about it even though I want to. Um, I guess I, I asked- It doesn't the, happen that often. I asked the, re, the, the second part of that question is as far as disconnecting for a reason because all of, for so many years we've, we've done little three day, you know, weekend vacations or five day vacations. And then we grew to seven days and things like that. But even, but on all those, we never truly disconnected. I was always on my emails. Um, I would take phone calls or, you know, customers text me and things like that. And I noticed though, this last time or, or two times ago, we, we truly, truly disconnected. I mean, we were really out there and we were in the desert, first of all. So it was hard to get a hold of us. But, but second, you know, for, for an extended period of time, more than a week, I really didn't do much, like like zero. And it was a whole nother level of, of there was a lot of growth actually in there, you know, because so, for, so every single day, I can't, I always think about the shop. You know, you can never truly leave it. There's always something like yeah. I have so much going on. Like tomorrow I know Monday morning I can come in here and it's going to be 
like nonstop action, you know, and, and, and then whatever it is going to be nonstop, like plus some, it's almost like one step forward, two steps back, you know, there's going to be so much going on. And so, uh, I'm always thinking about that, you know, and I, it's hard, it's hard to get away from that. And, um, but I forced myself to in January and so glad I did. I learned a lot from it and, um, it was really tough. It was tempting. You know, sometimes I'm like, I just want to check in like how is everything still okay or what do you need you know and i feel like at least at least once a year i'm in a situation where i have to disconnect though because we go to the adirondacks and there's no cell service nope so like i don't have a choice like i can't look at my See, phone or do anything because like it doesn't with, do anything that's kind of like him with his ipad you know it's limited to he he can't work on art and so you need right. to actually like even if somewhere. i want to i'm that guy in the movie like walking up a mountain like looking for service <laughs> To yeah. like check something because like there's literally nothing. There's like no, nothing opens. It just spins. It's like that's that's the house we're at in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. You just right. kind of go crazy at a certain point. Right on, man. So but, is the announcement now that we get these vacations? Is that sponsorship <laughs> today or? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? You get a vacation and you get it purely. Purely, if you hear that, sponsored by purely. <laughs> Pure Leaf is going to give us a half day vacation and five <laughs> bottles of iced tea. <laughs> yep. Pretty, pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, You're welcome. Fine. <laughs> well, well, I mean, a- Andy, how, how are you guys, are you guys doing well? I know that it's been a, it's been a buildup for everybody else after, you know, you and I've talked a little bit about that. Like I know you guys are slammed right now. Do you feel like it's back to normal for you guys? whatever that means. Um, back to normal, I would say, no, I don't think normal, but really close. Um, yeah. but only recently I would, I would say, um, the past three week, three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. It's been, it felt like it feels like October, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure there it's that, it's that busy. And we have, we actually have the same, no, we're one down of the same amount of, um, team. We're only one short. And so, um, yeah, it feels really, really close uh, for the first time. And I always said when we were, as we were building back up and we were, you know, lots, lots slower that, oh, I don't care. I'll never complain again. I don't care how fucking busy we are. We're good. But um, last week was, was pretty tough. You know, I was like, ah, I could be not quite this busy. I'd still be yeah. okay with it. <laughs> last week, <laughs> you know, last week there were tears, there were tears here at TC. There were tears sure. here too. There yeah. were tears here yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, it's, and it's, and it's crazy when that happens too. Like when it actually goes to tears and you're like, wait, wait a second. We're just a t-shirt wait. shop. You know, like we print t-shirts. Just a t-shirt shop. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's what we're doing. It was we start. I started this because it was fun. Like I really liked yeah. doing it. So how how now? How did we get to we're crying? Like, so, yeah. like this why, isn't this isn't right. I feel why like am I, I crying? Wanna, why? I feel like I want a Tom Hanks. I want a Tom Hanks right now and be like, "There's no crying in screen printing. <laughs> no crying. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Like, why?" why am I sitting in the employee break area with a white claw crying by myself? Yeah. <laughs> like, how does, how does, how did we get to this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was a hard last week, last two weeks have been really hard and all, for all the right reasons. I, yeah. I don't know how else right. Well, that, true. But. True. I mean, there's truth yeah. to that. You know, you want the opposite is worse. You know, I think there's a lot uh, more tears. March. Uh, yeah. 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 In March we had two days where we had a hundred K in business cancel in two days. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was, 
the darkest of days. It was, I, I thought we were done. I you, brought the, you brought the meat hooks back out. <laughs> Dude, I was, well, I, I, I was like actively applying for jobs online at one point. I thought, I was like, I guess I'm going to go work nights somewhere while we hold this thing together. It got, it got scary, man. I, I did, luckily didn't stay there very long or I don't know if, what I would have done. It, it was gross, man. Yeah. Gross. Well, glad to hear you're back. Glad to hear you're yeah, man. And, it's great. You know, <laughs> for sure. So good talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you guys. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, dude. We appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, Dylan. You guys have, have a good, good night. Later. Later.